cold up in Portland. Uh, we drove by and there was a guy, uh, uh, I, I, I guess he's a homeless guy out on the street, you know. And uh, I was like, I don't, surviving out on the streets, I can barely stand, go from my car, you know, but uh, my heart went out. But uh, it is great to be back with you guys, the home of L.L. Bean, right? I thought I'd see more plaid tonight, but uh, I tried to wear plaid just to, you know, fit in. But uh, last time I was here, I felt like, you know, I was overdressed, uh, you know, but uh, then again, I'm older and uh, out of style. But anyway, uh, I am excited to be here uh, to share tonight. Uh, I know you go from seven to eight, so I want to jump into it. I can't tell you how much we love you guys, the church here, how much you inspire us. Uh, we're so grateful for your faith. Uh, everyone in Boston just uh, is really, really praying and proud and uh, just loves the church here. And we were talking today about even trying to get more people from Boston to come on up Amen. and uh, this next year. And uh, But um, we love Glenn and Danielle and the boys, uh, really do. I thought, that looks like Manny up there. I, yeah. you know, I didn't realize until I sat down here and I said, that looks like Manny up there. But uh, you can go ahead and turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 10. We're also going to be watching some uh, videos okay. here in yeah. the message. And, you know, six days till Christmas, Woo. Christmas... Uh, and, and, you know, with this time of year, the question that's always asked is, are you ready for Christmas? Mm. And, you know, I don't think I'm ever ready for Christmas. Uh, Christmas is a tricky time because emotionally it can do all kinds of things, you know, and it can be uh, for some it's a celebration and fun. And for others, it can be a sad time uh, where you're missing, you know, family members or, you know, just can be a tough time for people. Yeah. So, but, um, uh, you know, it was funny. My daughter sent me a text this week because I like to think of Christmas. We have grandkids. Right now, my grandson's at a concert uh, tonight, his first concert that we're, uh, we're not able to make, which we were kind of bummed at, but that's life. And uh, they're going to video it. And uh, But anyway, I, I, having grandkids now, and it just makes Christmas a lot of fun, you know, the kids. And how many of you have smaller children? Anybody in here? Like, uh, there's a few. All right. So my daughter sent me, if they misbehave during Christmas, uh, something that could possibly, a tip on what you could do to help them. All right. During Christmas, the next week, if they're not behaving. And it says, wrap empty boxes and put them under the tree. Every time your child acts up, throw one in the fireplace. I had somebody see this slide and they go, what do you do when you run out of kids? <laughs> I thought that was even funnier. <laughs> that's what it says. 
Uh, right? You could read it either way, but anyway. No, it is throwing the empty box, but anyway. What I thought was telling him, you know, there goes that Xbox, you know. And throw it. But, uh, but anyway, um, no, what I want to share tonight, this fall I was very convicted um, in my own life just about prayer and where I was at with God, um, my personal relationship with God, my focus on prayer. And it's been a journey, you know, just trying to grow. Because I think prayer is a tricky thing. And I've been reading in the Old Testament, uh, just trying to get a better handle on, you know, God, who He is, power. Marie and I had to go down and see my brother and my sister-in-law, who's unfortunately been diagnosed with dementia. And uh, we were down there with them, and I was reading. And Maria gave me a book uh, that I started reading, and it really just hit me uh, in a good way. It really, I connected with it. It's called A Praying Life. I'm going to be reading from it in a bit here. But, um, you know, the one thing God wants more than anything with all of us is a relationship. I mean, that's why He sent Jesus. Uh, that's why he wants you to become his children. He wants a relationship with you. And, you know, I think when you talk about prayer, um, a lot of times connecting with God can be a challenge. And the one thing I really liked in this book, just talking about, we have to understand that God is a person. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't think we think of God like that. I think we think of God as some distant cosmic force, you know, rather than being a person who has feelings and wants a relationship with us and is waiting for us. And but he can't have a relationship unless we do what we want a relationship with him, just like it works with anyone else. You know, you you have to have that kind of uh, connection. And when we don't pray, you know, the burden that then it starts to become and we get confused with prayer. And, you know, because we view prayer as being unfulfilling or frustrating. And, you know, you get easily distracted when you do pray. Anybody relate to that one? Um, and But then there's those times when we have great prayer times and we feel connected to God. We feel His power fulfilled you know, refreshed, uh, you know, just so many good things that come from when we do connect with God. So I was studying this book and uh, it hit me how really much like children we are to God. I mean, I don't think we'll ever rise above being children to God. I think a lot of times because we're adults, it's hard to understand that. So the title of tonight is grow up and become like a child. And, you know, it's interesting. I think for us, that's a difficult thing to have the heart of a child. And, you know, I think what happens is as we get older, we become more independent. And in that independence, we become more prideful. We start relying on who? Ourselves. Yeah. 
in our own wisdom, understanding, knowledge. And as we're out there in the world battling other people, you know, we're fighting for our own, you know, thoughts and opinions. And, and the more and more it just cultivates more dependent on, dependence on self. Mm. When really what God's wanting is for you to grow up and become a child. And this fall, there's one thing that I really got in touch with is that you can't do well spiritually and not be humble. They, they work hand in hand. Okay? Spirituality is about having a humble heart and a humble spirit. Because that's what Christ was like. And so let's look at Mark chapter 10. Come on. And the first point is, come as a child to God. Amen. Amen. Mark 10, verse 13, people were bringing little children to Jesus for Him to place His hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, He was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to Me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth. Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God, like a little child, will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. All right, it's interesting here. You have the disciples, all right, out there with the Lord trying to do, you know, God's work with Jesus, right? And people are bringing children, and they, they completely miss it, mm. you know? They, they start rebuking the people, hey, he's too important, he doesn't have time for children. Yeah. I mean, they're missing it completely. But don't, don't laugh too quickly, because we're pretty much like them, okay? We miss the boat spiritually a lot, and why? Because I think we're just full of a lot of pride and a lot of self-reliance. And we, we miss the most important things when it comes to spirituality. I think it's just our sinful nature that we're battling with. And here Jesus, I mean, he literally, he gets indignant. I mean, he was deeply displeased. That's what that means with them. And the reason is because they're missing the whole point. And so Jesus takes advantage of the situation and uses the very, you know, kids to illustrate the point. And when he says, you know, I mean, this is serious. I tell you the truth. Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child. Come on. In other words... How are you doing spiritually tonight? If you're not doing well, then most likely you're not like a child with God. And that may seem overly simplistic, but it is. What I'm learning is God wants to be close to you. And the best way to do that is come as a child to God. I mean, more than anything, God wants to be, you know the closest relationship you have. In fact, he wants to be your dad, spiritually. But I think we have a hard time even connecting with that. Um, you know, how are we different from children? You know, when you think about it. 
the older we get, the more we think we know better. I mean, we, uh, we're pretty arrogant when you think about it. Um, I think we have pride. I know I do. Pride comes out in so many ways. And, you know, I think it's a hard thing for us to... We're, we're so... Pride is so ingrained in us, I think it's hard for us to even see it. Right. And the only way you're going to see it is if you come like a child to God. And, I mean, let's think about it. Here we have our God who created the universe. All right? And when you take our creator of the universe and who we are, and he's asking us to follow him and obey him and trust him. And yet think about how difficult of a time we have doing that with him and how much we want to take control over our lives versus letting him have control over it. I mean, it's kind of absurd when you compare the two, who we are and who our creator is. And to help illustrate the point, we're going to watch a video, and it's actually pretty funny, all right? Because it's of a three-year-old who's wanting to have cupcakes at his grandparents, but his mother, who is Linda, is not going to let him. And maybe some of you have seen this video. Yes. And he argues with his mother, and I'm trying to illustrate the point how absurd Imagine a three-year-old arguing with their mother about what's best. <laughs> Is that kind of crazy? Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Watch this, and then I'll come back and tell you how it applies to us. Hey, listen to me. Listen to me, Nick. Like, I do this all the time. And if I go out at the, at the house with the door, that has his toys, and then that has all his toys. Okay. But I have to yell at you guys. Listen, 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 but I'm asking, I'm letting you know but that you cannot, no, you're not listening to me. Listen to me now. Listen to me now. No, you're not listening. I said no cupcakes. And you try to get cupcakes and you try to ask grandma. Didn't you? I'm not 
now. I'm just letting you know you cannot have cupcakes for dinner. I'm done arguing with you. I'm not arguing with you. You need to listen to the things that I say because I'm the mom and I'm the dog. Mateo, he's in trouble. Is that not absurd? I mean, it's cute, and it's funny, yeah. but in reality, it's absurd. Yeah. But a mat... Don't imagine. Do you understand how you do that with God? And I, you know, we're trying to compare a three-year-old to a mother and us to our Creator. And when we don't trust God, when we don't surrender, and a lot of it is because of just we don't want to let go of ourself and our pride and our... You know, Jesus was convinced of one thing. He could do nothing without the Father. He just kept saying, I can do nothing without the Father. The words I speak are not my own. See, being spiritual and having a relationship with God and your prayer life is about not only being close to God, but being filled with God's presence so that you're conscious of God as much as possible. That's really what faith is. And having that connection with God that you're so close to Him that, you know, just like Jesus, God was just flowing through Him. Isn't that what we want? Amen. You know? And it's sad because you can get it, it just goes back to one thing. Are you willing to be like a child with God and your relationship. I mean, when you think about the disciples in Matthew 18, remember they were walking with Jesus and they started arguing about what? Who was going to be the greatest? And Jesus, overhearing them, says, and uses again, another time an example of that whoever wants to be the greatest must become like a child. It's amazing how much Jesus talks about coming like a child. Uh, in Luke 10, says the 72, now what happened here, Jesus had sent them out two by two, and he sent them out with what? When they went out to share the good news. Nothing. Nothing. So they wouldn't rely on themselves or anything they brought. Okay? So he sent them out basically with nothing, and it says the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Then he wants to give them some perspective. So he says, he replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I've given you authority to trample over snakes and scorpions and to overcome 
all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are what? Yeah, that you have salvation. And if we're a disciple today, we have that salvation. But you know, they wanted something bigger, you know, more grandiose. And what they had was the greatest thing they'll ever have. And that's what we have. And then watch this. At, this, at that time, Jesus, watch this, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, praise this prayer. I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and the learned and revealed them to who? Little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. You know, understanding what's most important is all about being like a child. And being humble. And seeing the things that, you know, are most important spiritually. But because of our flesh, we get all confused and messed up. And we, we can easily lose it. We can easily lose it. I mean, isn't it funny how you can go from having a great quiet time and leave your house and go and something can just happen in traffic alone and Jesus has left the house. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I think, you know, in order for us to come like a child, let's go on and move to the second point here. And it's come messy like a child. All right? You know, children are messy. I mean, they can get messy real quick. They can get dirty. Uh... And Matthew 11, let's read here. It says, At that time Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, it is interesting. Here Jesus is saying, you know, Come to me, all of you who are weary, burdened. I mean, he, he's talking, come as you are. Come messy. All right? Bring your sin. Bring, bring whatever it is you're carrying. And, you know, that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to come and be, you know, like a child. You know, it's one th- amazing. Children, they, they don't have filters. Uh, you know, I remember when I was... Younger, Art Linkletter had a show called Kids Say the Darndest Things. And that was a popular show on TV. And it was a big hit for one reason, because the kids would say things, you know, and everyone would die laughing, kind of like this little guy here uh, with Linda, his mother. And, you know, it, it is cute. What kids, they, 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 you know, they don't think about what they're going to say. They say what's on their heart. And that's what God wants from you. He wants you to come to Him, 
you know, messy with your sin. And it's kind of crazy because I think spiritually speaking, we can be caught up in a lot of, you know, shame and we're, that stops us from going to God. And it's kind of, you know, ridiculous when you think about it because God knows all of our sin. Mm-hmm. He knows everything about you better than you know yourself. He just needs you to come as you are, which is messy. And I love what it says here because, you know, I think we try to get spiritual even when we try to pray to God. And that's not what God wants. It doesn't say, come to me all of you who are, you know, spiritual or, you know, righteous or whatever. He's not wanting you to come like that. So I got another video here we're going to watch. Uh, it's of these two little brothers who had gotten into some paint. Uh-oh. And uh, the dad found them, and he takes them to the tub, and he starts videoing them and asking them some questions. And their response, it's really funny. Uh, but it's also really wild how similar we are in how we kind of see our own sin. So watch this. This is convicting. Did you think this was a good idea? Look at brother's face. Who got the paint out? No, how did he get it? mess us up and we don't see ourselves just like these little guys and 
you know, even when he said, you know, whose idea was it, you know. And, you know, I, I've tried to teach people because, you know, we have people that come to church and, uh, you know, what is sin? And I've described it as self-inflicted wounds. And because that's that's what happens when we sin. We're only hurting ourselves and obviously others, but mainly ourselves. And Maria and I, you know, through the years of being in the ministry of, you know, encountered many amazing, you know, challenging situations. But, you know, we've encountered situations where, you know, a daughter using a knife or a blade and cutting herself to try and, you know, deal with the pain inside. And parents, what do I do, you know, with a child that's doing that? And I mean, that's what sin does. Sin destroys. It's exactly what Satan wants. Uh, The consequences of sin, you know, we we don't fully understand how much it does destroy. And that's totally Satan's intent. And that's why when we come to God, the only way to really overcome sin is come as you are. Come with your sin so that He can help you to become spiritual. Don't try to come spiritual. You know, come messy so He can help you to become spiritual. And, you know, it's amazing because I think a lot of times, you know, we don't view God as a God full of mercy, as a God full of grace, and a God who's waiting to hear from us, and, and a God who wants to hear everything that's on our hearts, and talk to Him about everything. And it was interesting, uh, Rhea and I this week, uh, we, our week started off, and uh, it was funny, on Monday we were having, you know, some challenges communicating and we were bumping and uh maria ran to the post office which i was glad she did because we were not connecting at all and uh she sent me a text and uh she eventually came back and we sat there talking and then i told her about you know i was feeling some stuff that was going on that was weighing on me and she looks at me and she goes well why don't you do as you've preached and Let's pray and you give God what's messy. And I was like, yeah, that's a good idea. (laughs) And we did it. We prayed together. And I just talked to God about what I was feeling. And, you know, we were done praying and we were right back on track. Uh, In a good way. you know, we had a great day, and uh, we're celebrating our anniversary, and uh, we had a great day. But, you know, Satan wants to destroy. And I really appreciated Maria helping me keep perspective. Because that's what happens with our day or whatever. You know, we can lose perspective. And we lose connection with God. And uh, I want to read this here. Um <coughs> This book that I'm reading that talks about come messy, because uh, it, it really articulates exactly, I got too many pens in here. It articulates 
exactly what, uh, let me find it here. I lost my spot. Here we go. I love the way this guy words it about coming messy. The difficulty of coming just as we are is that we're messy. And prayer makes it worse. When we slow down to pray, we're immediately confronted with how unspiritual we are. With how difficult it is to concentrate on God. We don't know how bad we are until we try to be good. Nothing exposes our selfishness and spiritual powerlessness like prayer. In, con in contrast, little children never get froze by their selfishness. Like the disciples, they just come as they are, totally self-absorbed. They seldom get it right. As parents or friends, we know all that. In fact, we're delighted most of the time to find out what is on their little hearts. We don't scold them for being self-absorbed or fearful. That is just who they are. This isn't just a random observation how, about how parents respond to little children. This is the gospel, the welcoming heart of God. God also cheers when we come to Him with our wobbling, unsteady prayers. Jesus does not say, Come to me, all of you who have learned how to concentrate in prayer, <laughs> whose minds no longer wander. I will give you... Rest. No, Jesus opens his arms to his needy children and says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The criteria for coming to Jesus is weariness. Come overwhelmed with life. Come with your wandering mind. Come messy. What does it feel like to be weary? You have trouble concentrating. The problems of the day are like claws in your brain. You feel pummeled by life. What does heavy laden feel like? Same thing. You have so many problems you don't even know where to start. You can't do life on your own anymore. Jesus wants you to come to Him that way. Your weariness drives you to Him. Don't try to get the prayers right. Just tell God where you are and what's on your mind. That's what little children do. They come as they are, runny nose and all. Like the disciples, they just say what's on their mind. We know that to become a Christian, we shouldn't try to fix ourselves up. But when it comes to praying, we completely forget that. We'll sing the old gospel hymn, Just As I Am. But when it comes to praying, we don't just come as we are. See, it really goes back to humility. And... Trusting God and trusting that He knows better and trusting that He knows what we need. And you know what? It's kind of crazy. Uh, I have a six-year-old grandson but a three-year-old granddaughter and they, they have to depend on their parents constantly. And you know what? My daughter and my son-in-law, they don't mind at all. Uh, right now we have parents up here, totally dependent right here, and they don't mind at all. And I got news for you guys, God doesn't mind at all. He wants you to depend on Him. Uh, 
He's begging for you to depend on him. And he wants to be close to you. And, you know, I know for me, I've shared this. uh, I'm in the ministry. And Marie and I, we, we have to, you know, help a lot of people with a lot of different things. And at times it can become burdensome, heavy. And, you know, when you get tired, what do you want to do typically? Escape. Yeah, you want to check out. And uh, it's, it's vital that we stay spiritual because when I get tired and then I start getting overwhelmed with, you know, the church, uh, uh, the ministry, which is people, which, by the way, if you're going to be in the ministry, you better like people, you know, or you got into the wrong business and you better like messy people. Seriously, you've got to like messy people. But it's not about liking messy people. It's about loving God and loving people and wanting to help them. But when I, I, I get tired, I, I go, I, I, I don't want to be around them anymore. Give me a break. I mean, there's been moments where I, I promise you, I'm like, I, yes, there's times I don't even want to come to church. But that's not a good place to be. And when I'm spiritual in my right mind, you know, then I realize, you know, what God has done for me, how much God loves me, how much I love him, my brothers and sisters, how much I love them, how much they love us. What an honor, what a privilege to serve God, his people, you know, the family of God. I mean, Marie and I were walking the other day and we were talking about Though the ministry may be challenging at times, we are more blessed. We really do feel that. But you know what? Satan always tries to take something good and mess you up with it. And my encouragement is try to be real with God. And Become like a child. No, you are a child. Let me, let me just, don't become a child. You are a child. You are Matthias with Linda. You're worse than that. Okay, that's why the title of this is Grow Up and Become a Child because you're, you're less than a child when it comes to God. It's just, do you realize it? How much you need Him? And then in closing here, which is my favorite uh, is come enjoy your father's arms. Um, you know, it's funny, I, I didn't have this in my notes, but when my dad passed and at his uh, memorial service, I wrote a, my sharing and it was uh, too much for me to read. So Maria read it, but it was all about his hands. And my dad was a hardworking, blue-collar guy um, you know, he loved his kids, um, very devoted dad. I was very close to him. He was actually my best man. And, uh, I talked about it just his hands. Cause when I saw him, you know, in the casket, the thing that I remembered was just his hands and all that those hands had done for me. And, you know, with your dad, I mean, there's no better place than to be 
feel safe than to be in the arms of your dad. And my dad was a great dad as far as protecting, always being there for me. And, you know, Maria read that and needless to say, uh, the whole room was weeping over just the image of his hands. You know, God loves to wrap his arms around us. And we forget that. How much he loves us. You know, do you realize that you were created for one purpose? To be with God for eternity. Amen. That's why you're on this earth. And your best day is the day you die. Even though it's hard in this life to understand. But it is your best day. I've done way too many funerals in the kingdom and I'm convinced the only one that's hurting is us who are left behind. And those who have gone on to glory, that's why we're doing what we're doing. But Maria showed me the psalm last week and it was profound. My heart is not proud, Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. Which, by the way, we do a lot of that. we got to get to this place. And what is that place? But I have calmed and quieted myself. I, have, I am like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child, I am content. And she explained what this means to me. Or what it means, rather. Uh, to me. Is when a child is nursing... Uh, it's funny, we have a 10-month-old, and she's still nursing. And when my son holds her, she's playing. You know, if, if I'm holding her, she's playing. But if when she gets to her mother, she's wanting. She's wanting to be fed. She's wanting to be nursed. And she'll even cry for it. And she gets squirmy, and she's wanting to be fed. And see, that's us. We're constantly wanting. And what he says here is, no, 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 no. I've calmed and quieted myself like a weaned child who doesn't want anymore. Instead, she just wants to be, the child just wants to be in the arms. That's, con- that's enough. And that's, that's what we should be. Content, our names are written in heaven, in God's arms. Maybe you're not doing well tonight in your heart, but I want to I promise you, it's for one reason. You, you just need to stop and be still and come to God like a child. Amen. And come messy. Bring your mess. Amen. Bring it. And bring it, bring it like my granddaughter, who this year learned how to learned how to potty train and she learned how to go poop in the potty and we told her if you go poop in the potty we'll get you a we'll take you to the store shopping and get you a real big surprise trying to motivate her and so when it did you know what we did we took her shopping to get her a big toy something she wanted and weeks and even months go by and she will be out in public and when she sees us, she will go, I went poop twice today. 
And it's like, okay, shh. We don't need to tell the world. But I got news for you. We're all sinful. We're all a mess. And we all ought to be going to God pretty confident about what we've done today. Does that make sense? And, um, but quieting your soul, I'm going to just show you this last slide and then we're done. It's 8 o'clock. Um, Marie and I were down on the coast with my brother and sister-in-law, and it's on the Gulf Coast, and every evening the sun sets on the Gulf Coast of Florida, and all the people would come out and right before the sunset to watch this amazing sight of the sun setting. And our last night there, we went out several nights just to watch the sunset and being awe. And uh, Marie and I, we have our phones up and uh, we're taking pictures. That's actually a picture I took. Nice. And a guy comes up out of nowhere next to us, holds his phone up, and literally says, how can anyone look at this and not believe there's a God? I mean, just... I mean, you really do need to be still so you can see God. And whatever you got to do, do it. Uh, whether, you know, it's get out in nature, I recommend you bundle up up here if you're going to do it. But... Uh, Whatever you need to do, uh, come to God, come like a child, come messy so you can enjoy just being in his arms. I hope this has helped you tonight. Amen. Have a great Christmas. Amen. Great to be with you. Awesome, guys. Well, um...